0: Hi, it's David Averin with the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. You know, the work environment has changed dramatically in recent years, and not just the work-from-home options that exploded during COVID, but this whole breaking down of walls in the traditional office, the community workspaces. But with all that we've gained in creating these open, collaborative work environments, we've also lost venues for private conversations and interruption-free workspaces, especially while we are traveling on the road. Today on the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, I'm talking to Jeremy Jennings. He's the co-founder, co-CEO of Jabberbox, private workspaces. Great technology, demonstrated need, phenomenal presentation. This is really cool. David Averin, back in 20 seconds.
1: You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Averin. Featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast, and here's David Averin.
0: Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, boy, I, I get the great opportunity to uh, to interview not only some great leaders, but with some great products and innovations. And, and Jeremy and I met about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was keynoting at the Airport Experience Conference. A lot of the retailers and everybody sort of within this city in a structure that airports have become. And what I loved in my conversation with him was learning about Jabberbox, which was this opportunity. It's almost like the modern phone booth but more or on steroids and I hate people to say it's anything on steroids um, but it's kind of that and so um, I wanted to revisit it because boy we've learned so much during COVID of what works what doesn't what we're missing and I think their timing is spot on I think this is a product for its time I think the need is profound so Jeremy welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you very much, David. I I appreciate the introduction. And growing up in the days of uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and A-Rod, I guess Jabberbox with a couple of asterisks after it may not be such a bad thing.
0: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Real quick background on Jeremy. He is a seasoned executive turned entrepreneur, 20 years experience in the fashion, retail, uh, commercial interiors industry. During his career, he's led high productive teams focused on building brand strategy, multi-channel platforms, client relationships, Blah blah blah, but it's relevant and important. No, I mean, it's, I mean it's all really important. But what it, it means is you know what you're doing. I mean, there's there's no shortage of people with great ideas. Or wouldn't it be cool if? Or I think we really um, there'd be a great market, but not everybody can bring it to fruition. And so yourself and your partner, you've not only done it, but you've done it in a cool way. I would encourage people while you're listening to this or watching this, go to the website now. Jabberbox. It's double b double r. So j a b b r r b o x dot com. Correct look it up
2: to to people actually i remember checking into a into a hotel in chicago and i said it's jeremy at jabberbox.com and she's like uh jabber what she's like is there an e in there i'm like j a bobby brown rock and roll b-o-x
0: yeah there you go there's only no no e so j-a-b-b-r-r-b-o-x i only say that because when you really understand the, the physical presentation of what you have created, this upholstered technological advance, talk to me, I, I guess it's always best to go back. Talk sure. to me about the origins. Um, the best products are meeting a specific need, a response to a situation. Give me the backstory on this.
2: Yeah. I'll get a quick origin story. So my, my partner and co-founder, uh, co-CEO Brian Hackathorn, um, it's, he, you know, actually the impetus of the idea of the modern day phone booth uh, was was his idea um, and it came out of need. His background is design and build and construction, uh, working in commercial interiors for 20 years and his last role was a principal at Studios Architecture in New York City. Um, he was in between locations, he had an office down in Soho, he was on his way to a client in the Grace building in Bryant Park and he had a couple hours to kill, was sitting outside Grand Central and went inside a... It's called a Pops. It's a privately uh, privately owned public space and it's basically an arcade outside of a building. And he was just sitting there and he's just, you know, watching the construction worker look for power, seeing a business person like on the phone, saw some kind of, you know, we like to think of as an accountant, but someone was with, with like papers strung about. And he just wrote down, he goes, We need a we need a place to do all this while we're on the go. We need a modern day phone booth. He literally wrote it in his in his uh, he had, he, had, he had an Apple phone at the time. Now we're for Samsung based, but he had an Apple phone at the time. And um, and we had lunch a couple of weeks later and Brian and I have known each other for 15 plus years. And I've always really believed in the philosophy that you're, it's a James all teacher thing, that your mind is a muscle and you have to always work it. I used to write down 10 ideas a day. And I, today I, I try to execute on 10 ideas a day, but I think, um, you know, I, and I would meet up with Brian and we literally go down my list. I'm like, what do you, it's like Uber for this. And what do you think about that? And and he's like, you know what, I have an idea for you. And I said, okay, I'm ready. He goes, we need a modern day phone booth. I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit more. And he basically wasn't quite as eloquent as this, but he said, you know, technology has facilitated mobility and we can work when, where and how we want, but there's not a great, elegant or efficient response. The infrastructure isn't there, and it just got me kind of humming. So I, I remember taking the train home that day, and I wrote out a couple of notes. And I like to refer to that as a business plan today, but it truly was probably a cocktail napkin. Right. And I wrote, wrote down Zipcar for space, and it was this idea of on-demand, reservable, community-based. You'd have, you know, you wanted that community because you wanted people to buy into what you were doing, and have some level of accountability and responsibility. Like leave it the way you found it. You wanted this idea of short term, you know, fractional, flexible, <clears throat> accessible wherever you want, wherever you needed it. Um, and that was truly, you know, I think uh, I sent it. I sent him this note, and then he sent back. He goes, "You want to do it together?" And that that was the the birth of Jabberbox.
0: And you were working in commercial interiors at the time.
2: Uh, at the time, I had a consulting business, actually, okay. and this, this probably informed it. Um, so coming from commercial interiors prior, I was a principal of a, of a dealership in New York City, had consulted with a couple of companies and started consulting primarily around flex space, working with some of the largest flex operators in the world, setting up operations in other countries. Um, and I think that really informed my kind of zip car for space idea uh, around flexibility, accessibility, um, community driven and, and, it just, it, it kind of all being a consultant at the time. And, and you know, this, like, you, you know, I, I would be walking down the street and I would get pinged by a CFO to jump on a call and, right. and where, where would you go? Like, I mean, honestly, you're coming out of the subway in downtown Manhattan, where do you go to get on a call? I remember this truly happened. Um, I, I remember coming out of like the six, the green line downtown of wall street. And I got, I got a text from a CFO saying, I need to talk to you about your proposal pretty big deal at the time. I'm like, I have a family, to feed, you know, I got to jump on this call. And I, I ran into a Starbucks because obviously that's where you go. Well, between the music pumping, the coffee beans grinding, I couldn't take it there. So I, I immediately ran to a, to a commercial office building, to the lobby space. The security guard looked at me and said, uh, sir, who are you visiting? And I said, I'm not visiting. I just need to jump on a call. He goes, sorry, this is private property. You can't see your call here. I end up taking the call, call, walking around in Dwayne Reed, which is you know a, basically a drugstore yeah, a
1: drug start, yeah.
2: Task, pretending to look at merchandise while on the phone, like waving off, you know the the um, the associate. And needless to say, I, clearly I closed the deal, which was number one. But number two, I'm like there has to be something better, and that and that was you know part of that thought process. Like, you know, the way we work has changed, and this is this is five years ago, right? This is. Um, technologies shifted a ton, but back then it was like, okay, mobility matters. And and we were targeting like mobile workers and everything else. And we didn't really think of ourselves as like a future of work platform. But I mean, now, I mean, you know, take COVID, we'll talk about COVID I'm sure in a second, but I mean, just the fast forward future of work now. And it's this idea that the great work from home experiment the past, you know, 15, 16 months, it's obviously not sustainable.
0: Um, well, at least not in large part, but, but let's go back a little bit just to describe yep. for those who are listening or watching this. Um, the physical structure is is one part, right? That's the need. It's like, where can we go for a quiet space to close a door and have a conversation, right? In the workplaces, it's open, it's, it's it's converted to open offices, bullpens, collaborative workspaces, which are great, but on the road, right. it's exactly what you described. It's not a unique scenario that we're always looking for somewhere quiet. I just, I like, go behind a pillar. I go in a conference to try and go down into a bathroom or something sure. else. And then you get a flush in the background. So it's kind of weird. It's great if you're in a barbershop quartet, it works <laughs> great in the bathroom, but the physical structure is part of it. When you were talking about creating the technology to facilitate, um, the, the reservation system, the yeah. ecosystem behind that, that's so, the part that's really unique and 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 fascinating and and growing and tell us about that.
2: So let me let me give you kind of the the, the out of the box, you know, the way that we describe ourselves. We, we said Jabberbox is a technology-enabled network of on-demand micro workspaces that are deployed in public spaces to give people the privacy and tools to work and much more. And, and that's, that's kind of a mouthful but it, it truly encapsulates what we're doing. So we do deploy a physical uh, workspace, and, and most people would look at it and say it's, it's a phone booth. Um,
0: no, but, but to, the... to be fair, sure. it's ele- it's elegant, it's modern, it's sleek, it's it's a oh great my, look. You. Um, in a variety I, I, I'm of I'm
2: blushing, and and Brian, yeah. Brian designed this thing, and it, it's beautiful. It's it the design is award winning. Uh, we're extremely proud of the way it looked. It was form and function and aesthetics matter. Um, people, I, I think that the experience is a lot more. There's there's the digital experience. There's the the way when when people see something, the reason we we dress the way we do, the reason that we have the tools and have the brands around us, and and all the you know all the different types of earbuds and phones. I mean, we're buying thousand dollar phones, yeah, they work, but there's a three hundred dollar phone that works just as good as the twelve hundred dollar phone. Right. Um,
0: but those who, are, those who are traveling or working, there are certain things we need within that space. Describe the interior before you talk sure. about the technology.
2: Yeah, so the interior, I mean, we're, the footprint is, is about four foot by four foot by eight and a half feet tall. It's an all steel uh, construction on the exterior. It's a powder coat paint. Um, the, the box is fairly rectilinear, but there's some design detail in, into the box. Uh, there is a, there's a, a glass door. Uh, it's, it's solid all the way around. Um, there's a glass door that you know has a privacy strip across the front of it, so you can, when you look in, someone can see you know the top of your head or two feet of the bottom. But you do have a, a good a
0: good a amount of visual privacy. privacy. Yeah, but there's, also, I mean, but there's also the technology plugins and all of that.
2: Yeah, sure. So the the inside is, is really it's it was designed to be very soothing and comfortable. Um, you go in, there's a 24 inch touchscreen. With camera, speaker, microphone built in, there's um, uh, you have power, convenient power. You have a work surface. You have a seated banquette that's truly comfortable. It fits the 98th percentile, so you can sit in there for a couple of hours and actually be very comfortable. There's some some space. You're not you're not cramped. Uh, there's the you know when we designed it, the height of it. You go in, it, it's. You know, one of the, the first things people sit down inside it and they say, wow, I thought it was going to be like claustrophobic. I mean, just from looking at it, it's a, yeah. it's a good size, but you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm going to go inside something. Reality has been designed so it feels spacious. And we talk about being luxurious and comfortable and, and plush. Um, you have the technology on the inside, so it's a full IoT box. And what that means is that, you know, not only do you have the, the features that I just talked about, but you have this ability, it's unattended, um, it's remotely monitored, managed, and maintained. from From our backend, we can tell you know if something is down. We can remotely log in. We can pop the door. We can reset, re-reboot re, the box. Um, the the user has uh, control over their environment. They can assign the light to a soothing blue, or a, or a bright, um, you know, something bright and like feeling like alive. We integrate with your apps so that if you're doing a video call inside you have front four lights. So you're lit up like you look, it's a great, it's almost like a studio effect. Yeah. So it,
0: it, it almost does a disservice to call it a, you know, a, a modern day phone booth because it really is a, a modern day office on demand.
2: It's a, it's, it's a work, t- it's a tool. It's a tool that enables you. I mean, we talk about a technology enabled pod uh, that, that empowers people It allows you to do what you need to do. The technology behind it, um, you know, and we're talking about the physical hardware and we can get in, you know, as deep as you want around this access control Do you book it. And it oh, I think it's more of how, how does
0: it pertain? How, how does it work? And, and how do we um, as consumers access a service that um, sure. solves a specific need? We've all been in the airport. We've even been in, in the United Club or whatever else. And somebody talked yeah, no, no. I no. I told him we don't want, we're not available. It's like, <laughs> dude, like shut up! Well, well, it's even worse because when they're on their their earpods or something else, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awful now with Zoom. And, well, they look <laughs> right, and they look like they're either schizophrenic because they're talking to nobody or talking to the wall. <laughs> but the point is, as annoying as they are, they need somewhere to have a private conversation, and that's getting harder and harder to find. So the technology well, allows us to reserve that space right and connect so with you in privacy.
2: You touch on on, on many things. I mean what it's funny because when we first had this concept, even before we brought it to market, we thought we were solving for technology and power and data and you know and all these things that we provide. The reality is, you know, we're we're um we saw we what we've solved for is privacy and, and civility. Um the ability that you know our our users that have have given us feedback around, you know, I just needed to get away. Bless you. For 30 minutes, I just needed to I get. Thought away. I muted that.
0: Did I mute that sneeze or not? I think you know, I, it's sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's the, the visual and the audio. So you were talking about right? privacy and civility. Yeah. Go
2: ahead. <laughs> privacy and civility is what we're really solving for. Um, we give you the technology tools that you'll need, and we there's three different modalities and experiences that we offer inside the box productivity, privacy, and wellness. Um, And we give you the tools that empower those experiences. Um, But you were asking about like as a consumer access, which kind of going back to the origin story a little bit, you know, how do you find it? How do you get into the box? Um, We want to democratize access. So you have on-demand access where anyone can go up to the box. There's an exterior tablet, simple key code. We're working on on keyless, but it's a simple key code. You go up. You put your email, your phone number. You agree to terms and conditions. Swipe a credit card, and you vend yourself time.
0: It's well put. Give me a give me a an example of, of pricing structure.
2: Sure. So we're we're at thirty dollars an hour in increments of fifteen minutes. So if I need to run in for thirty minutes, I have I need I have my my plane's leaving in thirty minutes. Uh, I have, I'm sitting there. The the place is crowded, and to be honest, like I don't want to do work. I just need to. I just need 15 minutes to collect my thoughts without hearing babies or hearing like, you know,
0: yeah.
2: Bobby and Gina going on vacation. Like, so I just need a few minutes. I can book it for 30 minutes, $15, and I can go in. The box comes alive. I can put it to blue and turn up the fan boost. Sit back and just get myself mentally in the place that I need to be. I can also book it for two hours because let's say I have a podcast with, you know, with you before I'm getting on a a flight, I can actually book it for two hours for $60. So $30 an hour in increments
0: of 15 minutes all the way through.
1: Very, Uh,
0: but, but, but even the, I mean, the point is for those who need this, you don't have to be all things to all people, but you are the best choice for people who have this profound need. And for those of us who travel extensively, that is the, the one significant deficiency is where can I get away for a conversation? Where can I get away to make those final changes on my PowerPoint presentation or to get somebody make the changes in that contract before I get on the flight? Because we know how spotty the internet is going to be on the flight. Um, if necessity is the mother of invention, this is a profound need um, uh, and a great answer to that.
2: We We think that we've... You know we're, we're not trying to be everything to everyone but we are trying to give everyone a space when they need it and and certainly work is the you know we talk about like work from anywhere and, and the market kind of coming to us because you know five years ago our thesis about mobility is just now called work from anywhere wfa and we are a future of work platform um, the reality though is that you know while work is the main driver you do have the space to do, I can't, you know, I get emails of like, oh, I had a job interview and I needed a place to take it. We believe aviation airports are significant, the tip of the spear, but it's truly any public space. I mean, you think about universities and hospitals. Yes. And I mean, I can't tell you the the stories we've, you know, been personally told about someone that, you know, they're, they're caring for their sick mother and they're in the hospital for three weeks. And guess what? Like, life hasn't stopped. I mean, the, the fact is they still need to be able to jump on a call. They still need to be able to do work. They still need to have time for themselves, for wellness. Um, so I think you think about, you know, commercial building common spaces like lobbies and hospitality, you know, and as, as you have this blend of, you know, hospitality looking to convert rooms to offices and their you know, common space to like lounges and flex working, you still you have all these places to come together and do a lot of things, but you don't have privacy in any of it. Right. So unless you, you have like a corner
0: corner a... office, which most people don't, but let's talk about the wellness part of it. Sure. I don't know. The first time we talked a year and a half ago, I don't know that I understood. I mean, it almost sounded touchy feely. Here's your place to go do yoga or whatever else, which still maybe it's just not my thing. I, I grant it. But he, it may, I was it's a little about, small
2: for that. But yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: I was thinking about it the other day because I was watching. there's some report and there's been a lot of things about. Um, yeah. People just struggling, anxiety and and being overwhelmed and having a space. We've we've all been in a public space. We've seen somebody dealing with something. They're in tears, whether they had a breakup or something else, and you want to go over and offer. And what they really want, they don't want you to go over and offer help. They want to get away. And they want time yeah, for themselves. It, it.
2: This was actually pointed out to us from a user. Um, and, and frankly, this is the it a benefit of, of of hearing other other people on points of view and different voices in the room um, in LaGuardia which was our first we were our first beta our, our first airport we're still in LaGuardia and our first one um, I remember there was a user that was actually uh, in in the box and we, a lot of times we go there on Thursdays and just survey people around what they used it for how long how much you know you're like oh it's a, the the person that's you know jumping up, jumping in there before their flight because they have to change their powerpoint that that's kind of our thought process um and this individual we went up to and and they looked upset and we're like oh is anything wrong and they, they just wanted a place it's called an angry cry they were so frustrated and so mad yeah they just wanted a place <sighs> to have five minutes themselves that they could just express themselves and i think you know as as covid happened you alluded to it earlier like Last March, uh, we were at the the airport show in Denver, and we were we were, it was pre-COVID. It was I think March fifth
0: by a week. It was pre. Well,
2: everyone was doing like the COVID elbow, and right. I you know I remember it pretty well. And we we were very excited because we were actually just um, at brought our app to market so up to that point we were only available on demand and our number one user request was i want to book reserve extend from inside the box i want to be able to do all these things from my phone so we brought our app to market and we were literally signing up airports at the show literally doing deals it was fantastic and the excitement was there a week later we in this global lockdown um we were you know and we were like okay no one knew what was going to happen i remember right. that you and I we, we
0: knew this. that travel would would Wayne, New travel
2: was not it, happening. Yeah. But we is, didn't know it, what the, right. the other side of it looked like. Right. And you know, we we actually at that show were debuting a virtual health partnership at that show. And wellness, you know, when we talk about the three different modalities, and it's productivity, privacy, and wellness. And and wellness, which I think ultimately will end up being our largest use case as we scale, is this spectrum. So on one side, you know, because we're offering this technology and privacy, except the lights, it's, it's acoustically sound, which doesn't mean it's soundproof, but it's it's pretty quiet. Right. And, you know, you can go in there and on one side of the spectrum, wellness is meditation, turn the lights to blue, turn the fan up, get in your, get in your space. Um, and and then, it, you know, whether you're using a meditation app or, you know, like Brain.fm, Calm, Headspace, like, you know, all the way to... I need, I need clinical, I need to speak to someone virtual health. And, and because of COVID, everyone's familiar with whether it's Teladoc or MD Live. Right, right. You know, and that's how everyone's communicating. So I, you know, not only the, the virtual health piece from a, a clinical, you know, hey, I, my eye's a little pink. I was in Vegas for three days. Am I tired or is this pink eye? <laughs> All the way to- Does this look infected? Yeah. <laughs> Does this, is this bad? <laughs> should I go home <laughs> or is this, or, or I need to, you know, I'm feeling very anxious. And, and I, the and conversations I to, I you want to have
0: in private.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's
0: really what it comes down to. E- even like, the cl- I, even the airport clubs is not private. It's, it's quieter. It's a little more the exclusive. There's always some jerk in there talking at the top of their lungs. And the, the food options are, are questionable at best. That said, what's not there is privacy. And I, and I think when you were talking about, this is what's interesting to me, um, sort of the unexpected utilization and the people, I mean, wellness means different things to different people, yep. but I see people and we, and we know there's, even in the workspace, and I wanna talk a little bit more um, also about the work environment uh, of just give me some space for me. Just, just, I just need to go just think for a second. Um, it's the opposite of the open door policy. Right. Come interrupt right. me at any time. Just I need I need time here.
2: I think open plan. I mean, my so my background in commercial interiors, Brian's background in design and architecture. You know, open plan was basically 80 percent of the country's floor plan for the past probably decade plus. Right. So that means that we're all going to be trading style. I think, you know, you had companies like Google and Facebook and basically taking like financial day trading, like trading desks and setting them up because that's how engineers wanted to work and everything else. And you would see people just with headphones and that was like the do not disturb sign. And then you would see, you know, literally like, so I remember seeing a desk with like basically a, a green circle and a red circle, kind of like a church Korea, <laughs> like I'm eating or not eating. And if the red was up, you didn't talk to the person. If the green was up, it means they're available. Right. Um, and I, you know, I think that creating those like Collaborations and fostering serendipities is super critical. And, and probably the role of the office in today's post-COVID world. But the reality is people still need there's different types of work modes and there's different types of, of being modes. And sometimes you want to talk. I mean, just you know, there are times when I'm the most social person in the world. There are other times when I need to recharge and yeah. I don't want I need I need to recharge in order to be my best self and in order to be a good father and husband and business leader and friend and i can't do that if i'm always on so i think there there's a sentiment around whether it's privacy or wellness or just the ability to um of choice which i think is ultimately maybe ultimately that's what we're actually providing
0: talking to jeremy jennings co-ceo co-founder of jabberbox Let's talk about, so we talked about the sort of the travel environment, just somewhere to get away when you are not anywhere near a place that you're paying rent for. Um, And (laughs) instead of just like, okay, can I do a quick conference, right, to be able to, to step into a secure, quiet technologically equipped environment and have that private conversation with private work. Let's talk about work environment itself. When you are at your office, we know how much has changed during COVID. Uh, this, this work at home experiment, which will be a measure of that. There was a story on the news this morning about some pushback from organizations that are trying to get people to go back to work. But even in, within the working environment, um, we've all been in a situation where you gotta have a quick conversation, a quick private thing, and you step into a conference room that with a 14 foot long conference table, and then a team of people come and say, "So, are you working in here? Oh, sorry, I just need a quick conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> you know." But I've also seen you guys are working with organizations where they've got a bank of jabber boxes where anybody in that bullpen, that big wide open thing, go have a private conversation, whether it's dealing with a crisis at home because your kid can't find their retainer or a client or just a private conversation that has to um it's a lot cheaper alternative than building more conference rooms for organizations, isn't it?
2: Well, it, for sure. I mean, I think what we've seen is when we first went to market this like what we'll call the the modular private space was definitely um, at, at the, we were at the forefront of, of this space and we had, uh, we had clients literally that our, our first, so, Maybe I'll step back real quick and give you a little further origin clarification, which will help, I think, inform this conversation. So when um, Brian and I wanted to bring Jabberbox, and, and basically we wanted to bring technology-enabled privacy pods to public spaces. We surveyed the market. And at the time, there were there were still a few phone, what we'll call dumb boxes, smart yeah. box versus dumb box. There are a few phone booths on the market. We actually reached out to those manufacturers and said, hey, we want to take your product we want to take our concept, we're developing technology, booking platform, IOT, all this stuff, and integrate it and put it in, in public space. And what we found out then, which is still true, is there was nothing that was designed for public space, engineered with the, with the quality, the rigidity, the uh, life and safety, like all those things that you have to have, like doors have to close. There's a certain, you have like fire and health safety codes, all, all these kind of provisions. So. I remember looking at Brian's like, well, I'm not really sure, what do you wanna do here? Like none of this works. He goes, let's just make our own. (laughs) He's like, I can design it, I can engineer it, I can source it. I had plenty of contacts all over the world. Um, So that's what we did. And believe it or not, we sold our first, I think five or seven units off of a rendering to a commercial occupier. Um, I'm not sure if I can say on this pod. I, I'll say it. It's it, to Audible, the company owned by Amazon. Sure. And they were our first client and they bought bought the units off of rendering. And we said they were prototypes. We said we hadn't made it. We said what, we told them what our business plan was. And they're like, well, listen, I have this problem where I have engineers going into conference rooms, taking a 12 person conference room offline all day because they want to do work because they need quiet space. Yep. Exactly what you just said. And I'm willing, I'm willing to buy these from you because we, that's how big our problem is. Like basically without seeing them. Like obviously, we had we had a pretty good reputation to market everything else. So they knew the product would be high quality. And that, that's what put us into business. And we actually um, funded the business through selling furniture. And we still today sell the product without IoT, without full technology. There are kind of options built in that we can add some technology back in, but We've we've essentially gone from a hardware business to really a hardware software SaaS business, um, where you know we look at our at the box as the hardware very similar to Peloton as an analog like it's not just a twenty five hundred dollar stationary bike, it's uh, it's it's a device that you know is is really lifestyle, um, so that's where we are today and we continue you know because of we've had you know heads of corporate real estate use the boxes in public space where there was the the merchandise mart in Chicago or an airport and come back and say, Hey, we want these in our office. We need the same thing. Like I have this problem Um, and that's happening globally. And we get inbounds daily about how can I get this? And, you know, during COVID it was, how can I get this from my garage?
0: Tell me what your, tell me what your learning has been over the last 15 months. Clearly we learned early on at the same time you saw a, almost a closing of transportation, which took away your client base. But you also saw a corresponding increase in the need for physical distancing and to be able to shut off. Um, granted, we're in a, in a bit of a post-pandemic world now with vaccines and other things different around the world. But what was your learning during that time? And how was that going to influence the next iteration of Jabberbox?
2: I'm not just saying this because I'm on the pod with you, but one of our conversations—I think we spoke probably last April, maybe it was May—and I remember you saying something about this uh, gift of time, and that was profoundly impactful. Um, I'm I'm a very positive, uh, optimistic person by by nature. This is how I am, and I. I had a, a, an important mentor to me say, tell me very early in my career that success is a choice. And I believe that everything is a choice. And I think as as we saw, you know, COVID just, everything drastically, you know, just basically the, the future of transportation and public, like it was like the opposite of what where you wanted to go. like public space, like our business is public space, <laughs> which we're, we're providing privacy and the whole world is like isolated. Um, so we we really looked at it and said, well, what, what we've done to, to this point has been, we've taken a concept and idea, we've executed, we brought it to market. We're starting to hit that product market fit. What are the obstacles to our growth? What, what where have we been, you know, where are we bottlenecked? And we started looking at our model and we, we started looking at, well, we believe that an ecosystem, a global ecosystem that this, this, this is, you know, the, the Jabberbox solution is applicable globally. We we need thousands of units out there, not 10, 20 or hundred, a couple hundred, we need thousands in order to really empower people in order to be, give people choice. So how do we get Wait, thousands but, out there? Well, well, let me
0: ask you this is, is the, is that, that level of of expansion gives them a choice just because there's more people that can access it? Or does the ecosystem itself create opportunities for connection and collaboration? I mean, does it become the new telepresence where somebody in Singapore and somebody wherever can have a business meeting face-to-face because of the network? You're, You're getting it, you're definitely. So step one
2: is create the utility. So in order to be utility, you have to be ubiquitous, right? right. So
0: got to be enough I, come of
2: out, them. I come out of a meeting and I say, I'm going to Starbucks, like, oh, I need to find a Jabberbox because I have X, Y, and Z, great utility. Then you can start layering on experiences on top of it that foster the behavior and infor- empower people to have choice and options. So whether it's, I think about, uh, you know, as, as people are, the way people are working and that the... the Instead of like jobs are going to find talent, talent aren't the talent is going to be looking for the jobs. The jobs are looking for the talent. So I think I can see a world where someone drops into a jabber box to do that hour and a half of work at the thing that they're so good at that they they get paid for, and then go on with their life. And then a few hours later, they might need to drop in to do something else that is that's either career related, personally related. Or maybe, and, it, and also, you bring back the connectivity piece. A few years back, um, I think uh, when Facebook bought um, the VR device,
0: right. right, Oculus.
2: Oculus. They asked Mark Zuckerberg w- why he bought it and, and what what he thought about VR, and he said, "I didn't buy I didn't buy a product. I bought time travel. And the idea was that you can be anywhere, anytime. And I think." The way that we see it is that we this connected network, like everything is virtual, but the, 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 there's something physical that has to happen in order to reinforce right. that virtual. Right. Right. So I think there, there's that's that's where we really see an ecosystem. Like I mean, that's you know a few layers up from where we are today and roadmap for sure. But I think there's this physical ecosystem that if you had this enabled space that has all the tools that you need for your different modes of life. You created this powerful network that's going to give people opportunity.
0: Right. Well, Arne, here's something that, and, and you don't have to answer if you don't want, because there's two different ways you can go. You can go the Apple way, which is a very closed ecosystem, and you got to play ours, or you can do the open source that says, we're going to integrate with Zoom, we're going to integrate with Skype, we're going to be able to connect with other manufacturers and their pods. And this becomes the alternative to a Starbucks for. You know, you want a conversation, but you can work at home, but you want a really good business meeting. You go drop into a Jabber box. You've got all the technology you need. You've got, I mean, heck, at some point it'll be the Keurig coffee. If, I, if, or if, or if anyone's listening to read. this, David,
2: I didn't give you that question because it's a great like it, I, you couldn't heat it up any better. We actually refer to ourselves as a vessel. And the reality is that we, we are an access point. So it's, it is that we, we are actually, we, we have integrated with Zoom, for example. So we, we, we do integrate, we're like, we, we are not a virtual health carrier. We are not the HIPAA compliant. We are the vessel that allows. We facilitate you to, the conversations. That, that's it. That's it. So it's connected consumer enabled technology, enterprise level software, bringing it together to bring you what you need, where you need it.
0: To be clear, I reached out to you because I think this is so (laughs) freaking cool, Um, eager for you to be at the Denver airport, though I will see and I'm going to seek you out as I'm now traveling pretty extensively again, um, just for the opportunity I was I was impressed and enamored with the product 15 months ago when I, when I learned about it, uh, that it is your time. And I think you're hearing that probably from your your partners and your collaborators and your funders and everybody else. So I'm super excited about this. If people want to learn more about Jabberbox, where do they go?
2: Go to www.jabberbox.com. Remember, J-A-B-B-R-R-B-O-X.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jabberbox, as well as follow us on Instagram at Jabberbox.
0: Outstanding. What airports are you in right now people are looking for them?
2: So today we're in seven airports, uh, JFK, Terminal 4, LaGuardia, O'Hare, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Oakland. We have four additional airports deploying this month. We have four additional airports airports deploying next month. And we have over, say, 10 to 15 airports that will be deploying in Q3 to Q4. Um, The demand right now is... Outstripping supply by far, um, and we're actually getting ready to hop, hop into our next vertical, uh, our next asset class outside of aviation. One additional thing I'll just um, throw on there yeah, is that just, as we're putting together, like really Jabberbox as an access point, and you you mentioned this before, like as an open source system, what we're doing is creating networks. So you'll be able to use Jabberbox to access. Other spaces and other locations. We actually have a pilot right now um, with Staples, the the national retailer. They have podcasting studios in certain locations, and you can gain wow. access through the Jabberbox app to their podcasting studios. So you can book and reserve. And if you use Jabberbox, you actually can get it for free. Um, and using, they have seven studios, I think, around Boston. Um, and right now, we have some other partnerships that are coming online that you'll be able to. You know, what what you're going to see is, you know, X part of the Jabberbox network. So imagine, you know, going. So you may be go someday. You might go to Starbucks, part of the Jabberbox network.
0: There you go. <laughs> Listen, I am I am so thrilled for your success on this. I think the future is going to be big. I think people are going to look back early on and say, "I remember when that all started." Jeremy Jennings, co-CEO, co-founder of Jabberbox. Thanks for being on the podcast here today. Um, Let me remind you that the podcast is sponsored in part by the Customer Experience Advantage Morning Huddle. Some of the most innovative solutions to your biggest customer-facing challenges are likely found within the creative minds of your own people. Let me contribute to your Morning Huddle conversation with your team. You can learn more about membership in this powerful global initiative by visiting MorningHuddleMembership.com. All of my books are on Amazon um, and Audible, except for my new one because it's Excellent. on video series. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've been out to the studio recording all my books for, for Audible. I know you work with them as well. My new book, of course, is The Morning Huddle, Powerful exp- customer experience conversations to wake you up, shake you up and win more business. Be sure to click to like this podcast, subscribe, leave your comments. That's always important. And click the little bell icon to receive notifications, new episodes. And you can learn more about my keynote speaking, my consulting at davidaverin.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast. Check out past episodes, leave a comment. Big thanks to my guest, Jeremy Jennings. That's it. We'll see you next time. I'm David Averin. Be good. A lot of fun. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This has been the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Avrin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print, as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com.